So, <laughs> I'm just jumping right in. What you say? No, I was just saying I forgot something. Oh. <laughs> no, I got nervous because um, you were saying something and it looked like you were saying something, but I couldn't hear anything. And I'm like, we done started recording. What is happening? I was just me trying to mouth my mistake before you uh, put us Push on. the button. Push the button. Push the goddamn button. What movie is that from? Mm. Am I about to lose my black card? No, I don't think so. I'm not oh, no, I ain't got you. Uh, okay, so I don't know the exact line, but one person was telling another person, y'all never touch a black man's radio. I should stop asking questions. I don't know. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Crystal and Kid Fury right now. <laughs> uh, you should never touch a black... Is this... Um, I feel like this is... Is it life for 100, Alex? No. Ooh, take it back, take it back. Rush <laughs> hour. Rush hour? I don't remember that from Rush hour. Remember when the little girl, the little Asian girl he was trying to save and... He was saying push the button. He had been cursing. She must have heard somebody cursing. She was like, <laughs> he was like, push the button. She was like, push the goddamn button. In all fairness, there have been about four rush hours. So to go back to the, is that the first one? It is. Yes. That's okay. That's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> it's the original. What do you mean? But it's not the most recent one. There's been like seven of them. And when's the last time Chris Rock put out a movie? Which First of all, Chris Tucker, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. We're moving on. Take my wallet. Take my wallet. Take the whole We're wallet. moving on. We are. And the funny thing is, I was about to give you Chris Tucker as the hint. My gosh. I mean, I'm not saying that Rush Hour isn't some of his greatest work. I'm just saying they should start playing it a little bit more often. I'm you know, not they, saying that it's his greatest work either, but... I, to be to be fair, I really loved all the Rush Hours. Like, I really, really do love Rush Hour, but I wish they played it a little bit more often. Like, we had so many other black movies, and all we watching is Baby Boy. So if you would have done that, I would have <laughs> been fine, because that's on TV all the time. And what's the Martin Star- movie that they're always playing? Um, Blue Street. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, listen, Martin got so many other movies that y'all can Stop play. Blue I don't even like Blue Street like that. You don't like Blue Street? Not like that. No, I don't. And it oh. might be because, and I know I'm going to catch some heat for this, it's almost the same way I felt about Rock the Boat, Aaliyah's Rock the Boat, because it was just constantly playing. Like, I couldn't enjoy it. Anymore. I get that. But Rock the Boat for me, though, it kind of changed the game when they changed it into a line dance. So I used to go to line dance class with my mom, and Rock the Boat had a line dance. And I think when you add a line dance to anything in the black culture, it lives It gives it a new spin. Because try try not to play Tamia. Try still, not to. I still need to learn it. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I know. Listen, I spent three months in my house in grad school learning that line dance because when I saw my auntie do it, I said, that shit's so smooth. It I got to look like I float. You, them women, we be looking like we floating out there. And I just feel like that that's just something I need to know. I'm going to do that during during my quarantine because not everybody quarantine. You do a virtual teaching class? 
It should be it should be me, you, and Dre. Dre would love that. He would. He would. Dre would really love that. Okay, so we're gonna actually start talking as if we're recording the show. Welcome, guys. <laughs> Y'all know the vibes, right? This is how we just get on the phone and talk. I know the vibes. What episode is this? So we are on episode sixty-eight. What's up, sixty-eight? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so much better if y'all could see me. Yeah. Okay, this is a sex positive podcast. Talk about you said this what? Sex positive podcast. Yeah, talk about rock the boat. <laughs> rock the boat was nasty. Aaliyah was talking that shit before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, y'all. So, well, sorry. Hopefully, y'all didn't hear that. <laughs> um, welcome back to Epi- uh, welcome back to bitches love brunch. <laughs> Excited to be here. Um, y'all know who this is for both of us. Like we sixty eight episodes deep. Y'all know who y'all know who y'all listening to. What's up, y'all? It's Kiana. <laughs> <laughs> So childish. <laughs> no, but we're glad to be back. Excited to be back. Um, I always love doing the podcast. It's just another stream of therapy for me. So always glad to be back with the babes. Mm-hmm. How you doing, um, Sid? I'm good. Um rested. Mm. I was up late this weekend trying to do my hair because <laughs> somebody was coming to Columbus to take pictures for me. Yeah, shout out to whoever that was. <laughs> shout out to Kiana D. <laughs> yeah, there she go. <laughs> shout out to, you so childish and petty. <laughs> Photo creds all around. Um, but let's just say, the hair looks good, sis. Thank it you. It is pushing. The bigger the hair, the better. Who? What? I feel like a country artist should say, the bigger the hair, the closer to God. <laughs> Something like that. I don't Let's know. Let's start here in or some shit. You said what? Let's start here in Nashville or some shit. Probably. <laughs> anyway, you know we can ramble, so I'm going to move on from that. But yeah, um, I feel I feel good. I feel rested. I was um, doing some work uh, before you called, so I feel like productive, just making sure I'm getting started on the right foot before we head into Monday. Yes. Um, I think hopefully the next part of my day after we record will be dedicated to cleaning this room and then eating good. Nice. So I think um, I think we're going to, and by we, not me, going to throw uh, <laughs> some salmon on the grill. So, Ooh, you know I love some good salmon. My sister's boyfriend gets it cooked perfectly on the grill every time. You told me that. I would like to challenge him, although I would not like to challenge him on the grill. I would like to challenge him with one with my um what is it? The cast iron skillet, the grill skillet. See, I think that's a different game. I think that's a different game. It's the only way that I can compete. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then, then y'all not playing. <laughs> y'all not playing. Grill for grill. Just different types of grill. Y'all not playing. Grill grill. Anyway, that's what's <laughs> going on in my world. Um how you doing? I'm okay. I, you know what? Let me say this. I'm peaceful. Good. I think 
peaceful. Um, it's been a rough few weeks. It's been mm-hmm. a rough few weeks. But if anything, I think it's rough depending on the perspective. Um, but I can say that, you know, I lost two of my family members in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. But the way that my mind has shifted has been so amazing. Like, I just feel like they got the best reward that they could get. You know, it's trash down here. So, yes. um I just feel honored to have had known them mm-hmm. and to have had their spirits. You know, it's something being back at home because I went to Cleveland because my uncle passed away initially. Then my my aunt did a few days later. Um, and just I love being around my family. One, because we deep, deep. Mm-hmm. I'm deep, deep. When I'm trying to hide in Cleveland, there's no such thing. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing. One of my cousins, they're going to come find me to the point that I don't know if I told you, but I hadn't had, um, you know, black people when it comes to funerals, they're like, you gotta wear black and white. And I was only expecting, uh, expecting to be in Cleveland for a week. So I didn't have black and white the words to the funeral. And I didn't feel like going shopping because it's Corona outside. So my cousin ends up calling me. She was like, do you have anything to wear? No. I meet her at this store. Girl, she picks out all the black and white items in the whole store. I walk in and just pick up the thing that I need. And then I leave. Um, so it's just fun to be at home yeah. with the tribe, to yeah. have a good time with them, but also to celebrate life. Being the youngest of the 12, of the 21, um, I can just feel everybody in me. I relate to all my cousins in a very unique way, uh, just being the youngest of the of of the youngest of the 12. So mm-hmm. it was really cool to be back, but hate, it, hate that it had to be under those circumstances. But in the meantime... I've been feeling so at peace. I'm glad to be back in Nashville. Glad to be back in my home. Um, so yeah, feeling good. That's so sad. That's so sad. Everybody, yeah. um, send some love to Kiana and her and her family. Send them some love and prayers. Um, we always know that those are challenging times, right? Like, and it's just a different ball game during a pandemic. Um, yeah, it is. An entirely different ball game. So much love to you and your family. I know I've said this before, but um, just making sure everybody else sends you some love too. So we need all the love that we can get. I appreciate it. But yes, it is so different during a pandemic, like funerals, the whole ordeal. But when I tell you that me and um, the funeral, we almost, you know, didn't see eye to eye. Girl. We almost, but, you know, people are shifting processes and procedures so just trying to have a little bit of grace but also telling them to have a little bit more understanding well mm-hmm. can go a long way so everybody's just out here trying to do their best absolutely absolutely i really want to ask you um what funeral home but i'll ask you later <laughs> yeah we'll talk about that later. um <clears throat> um okay so that's what's going on with us y'all um Let's pass this mimosa. Are you drinking anything? I am. And actually, I'm not proud of it, but here we are in 2020, just trying to survive. I have a peach slushie from Sonic. <laughs> That's what I'm drinking. Sonic is like one of my guilty pleasures here in Nashville when it is hot as hell outside. And because Sonic has the best ice. It does. It does. So I have an I have an icy from Sonic. Where do you drink Did it? Did you spike it? Just curious. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, 
I wish you made that suggestion earlier. My bad. I am just drinking water. I noticed that. um, So I've always known that I don't drink as much water in the house. So Mm -hmm. when I'm drinking water daily, when we were at work, I -hmm. always made sure to get the bulk of my water in at work. Um, And I feel like it has really decreased. My water intake has decreased. It wasn't like that in the beginning, but it's recently decreased. And I can see the, um, excuse me, I can see the effects of it. Because I normally have very like, not very, but just naturally oily skin, not overly oily. Yeah. But just like, just a natural, a natural glow. And that has been changing. So, sis is getting her water intake up. Because I don't play that. <clears throat> there you go. There how you do you how do you keep track of how much water you drink throughout the day? So my goal is always to get half my body. I'm trying to find my water bottle. Half my body weight um, in ounces, and so okay. I have this um, water bottle that I love. It broke a little bit, so I'm buying a new one off of Amazon. But um, it has. I'm showing Kiana y'all, but it has where you can track the time. And how much you drink throughout the day. So this is a, how many ounces is this? This is a 32 ounce bottle. And so I fill this up a few times. Okay. I used to, I fill this up. I used to fill this up a few times before my intake went down. I think having a reminder around you is always helpful, which is why I keep my gallons around me. Mm -hmm. Um, Just so I can look at it and just gauge where I am throughout the day and check find to myself whenever I do peek over there because sometimes it's not as good as other days and but I yeah, can tell I, when my body wants it and I'm not like a big drinker of other things I have right. I drink ginger ale and of course alcohol but outside of that <laughs> so sometimes it's just that I'm not drinking anything at all so it's right. not that I'm not you know I'm over drinking on juice or soda or something like that it's just that I'm not drinking period <clears throat> which is not good Right, so, right. Stay hydrated out here. Yes. It's hot outside, Courtney. So, but I surely got an ice cold glass of water yesterday after we got done taking pictures because sis was mm-hmm. done. Yes, yes. It was very warm outside in Columbus. But you know what? That warmth felt so good compared to the warmth down here in Tennessee. It just felt like I can breathe. There was a breeze outside. That was one of the things that I loved about being in Cleveland, too. Like, sis, when it was nighttime, the breeze, mm-hmm. there's a wind. Mm-hmm. Hello, wind. I miss you. <laughs> so I was just like, we, I miss that here in Tennessee. They need they need to set their win game up. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna move on. Off of that. <laughs> okay, so do you have an affirmation for us this uh this week, this episode? So the affirmation is I am whole and complete and everything that flows into my life is a reason to press into gratitude, for I am the source of where good things flow. Amen. All right. Okay. Received. Hootie who? <laughs> Good night. Okay. Because <laughs> I can see where this was going. So, we're going to jump into this topic. And this is not necessarily what we have titled the episode, but this is what I'm calling it because we really felt like 
we needed to, t- to elevate this conversation and take it to the next level. <clears throat> um, so I was sharing with Kiana, I was like, how do we, how do we have a more robust and more elevated and maybe more, e- even more intellectual conversation around protecting black women? And I ask this because I know that we have talked about this or made mention of this on the show before where it is, for me, has felt like more of a statement, excuse me, my goodness, as opposed to, I know I'm about to drink some more, stop my other stuff because it makes me feel like I can't hear you. Um. But I was like, how do we expand on this conversation? Because it feels like in past episodes when we brought it up, um, either just in conversation in our recaps or whether it's been a, a topic dedicated to it, that has been more in statement form. And how do we really get the point across of what it is that we're trying to say when we say uh, protect black women? And so my thought around it was, I had a couple thoughts. First, um, when we say protect black women, it's kind of like the whole all lives matter thing. It does not mean we are not saying protect black men. It is, it is not me. It does not mean we don't love black men. It does not mean that black women, that black men are not worthy of protection or anything else. Um, But what it does mean for me is that we have to, and when I say we, People across the board, because there's this level of intersectionality that gets um, dismissed as well. If we want to talk about the feminist movement where you have white women fighting for these rights for themselves, really, a lot of times. It's not really in mind of black women, because if we talk about the wage gap, Mm -hmm. if we talk about the health gap. All of these things, I'm talking across the board about how do we better protect black women? Um, And even and again, identifying that in the difference between being a black man and a black woman. And y'all can't see this, but I'm doing this in front of Kiana. There are there's levels like one is below the other because that's the way that society has set it up for us. Um, It seems that we're below the other. You said what? Seemingly so. Right. Right. Um, So, yeah. So how do we have this larger conversation, this expanded conversation about what it is that we mean when we say protect black women? Because um, I have seen a lot of in social media recently men getting offended when these statements, black men getting offended when these statements are being made or and or even excusing certain behaviors when making mention of protecting black women. I'll I'll give you an example. I was reading um, Demetria Lucas. I think she made a post. It might. No, it was Lovey, actually. She made a post expressing her frustration that I guess another news piece had come out about a black man that had shot his... um, black girlfriend or or ex even don't quote me on this story i can don't remember the details off the top of my head but the basis was lovey was frustrated because here we are in another situation where a black man is shooting or killing a black woman because she didn't want him anymore 
and trying to understand when our lives have become so dispensable in a manner of which you feel like you need to kill me because I've made a statement and shared that I just don't want to be with you anymore. Now, we can get into a larger conversation like is there mental, some mental health around that? Probably. Um, but the, the, uh, the continued frustration came in when comments were made on Lovey's page around like, you know, I've had, you know, I've had these situations happen in my family and I'm not generalizing and putting it all on, you know, putting it on every black man. And it's just like, y'all are missing the point. We're not saying that every black man is like this. What we're saying, though, is every black man should be protecting black women so that they don't find themselves in these situations. Right. And for you to excuse it and pacify it further proves our point. So, so how, my question after all of that, <laughs> after all of that context, my question to you is how do we continue to elevate this conversation um, around what it means to protect black women? I think at this point, we, mm, it's kind of like when I'm having conversations with white women, when I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is going on you with white it. men. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when I do that, oftentimes I'm like, do you hold them accountable? Have you talked to them? Uh, do, do you hear them holding each other accountable? So what is going on within the community, you know, within our own circles, within our own psyches around one another and how we exist with one another and how we should operate with one another as we exist, you know, mm-hmm. together. And so <clears throat> I think that we got to start having conversations with directly with men. And, and, I, and I struggle with this because I am one of the people who proudly says, I don't have time to educate y'all. I don't want to. I don't. I don't have the energy. I don't have the space. It's so many free books out there. There's so many libraries that are still standing. Like, find somebody else with the time. I don't mm-hmm. have it. Mm-hmm. But at some point, we're losing our lives at radical rates, um, especially trans women, especially yep. black trans women. Yep. Um, and so if we don't say anything, then we are complicit too. Yep. You know what I mean? And so now is this catch 22. Like, so now that I'm here, now I got to say something to you. What, what should we say? And it's, it's all the things that we've been wanting to say, but when you say them, th- there's another catch twenty two. Are you going? Am I going to die for it? Yep. <laughs> so, I think that is going to be men having to hold themselves accountable because, again, in the same way that I have the conversation with my white friends about what they can do to help me, don't ask me. You are laying right next to the perpetrator. Yep. And so, black men, y'all got to go inside. It's internal. It is all internal. You got to go inside and do the work within yourself and do the work within your brotherhood to determine what's going to happen. And so, in terms of how we elevate those conversations, I don't think that we get a say in that. I think that those they have to figure that out and we have to support them along that journey. 
So, <clears throat> what that looks like on a day to day basis. It's a it's it's a struggle. You we're tired. We're underpaid. We're um we are everything. <laughs> and I was show. just getting ready to run through some of those examples. So, excuse me. In 2019, black women made 64 cents for every dollar a white man made. No, and I actually, hold on, let me take that back. I take that back. In 2018, these results came out in 2019. So what that means is for the year of 2018, a black woman has to work all the way, had to work all the way until August 22nd of 2019 to earn what a white man made in 2018. Mm. We are seeing that black women... Black mothers are mm-hmm. dying or having complications, sometimes preventable complications at birth at a disproportionate rate and compared to white women. Um, we could talk about job access and opportunity. We could talk about domestic violence. We could talk about all of those things. And so I think there has to be an understanding of and a belief of what black women experience on a daily basis. And again, that is not to take away from anybody else's experience, because just in that same token, just in that same conversation, a Hispanic woman makes 56 cents on the dollar Mm -hmm. compared to what a white man made. And the same could be said about black men. They, of course, make less on the dollar than what white men make. So for me, the conversation, I'm in the same boat as you as it relates to race and having the conversations with white people. Like, I don't have time to teach you. I am not your professor. I did not go to school to do that. But there are a whole bunch of resources out there for you that you have access to just like we have to go and find things about our black experience our black history whatever it is you have the same access so you need to do that however you said what if not more if not more however i do feel not an obligation i do feel a different level of comfort in having these conversations and educating Um, amongst the black community as it relates to protecting black women because if there's any place that I'm going to be safe it's going to be any place that I'm going to feel safe is going to be there so for me it is about equipping yourself with the knowledge around what the black woman's experience is because I feel like all too often and this is just my opinion and, and this is also not talking about the black men in my life I'm not even talking about them. I got good black men in my life. Not everybody is perfect, but I got good black men in my life. Um, But all too often we're having these conversations where people, you know, black men um, get offended or just can't comprehend. So I, I really feel like there has to be this openness to dialogue and having that conversation Um, But at the end of the day, for me, it comes down to how do you advocate for black women? How are you holding other people accountable to your point um, when you see them being disrespected? 
as Amanda Seal say, says, we're, we are each other's business. If you see me getting disrespected on the street and you don't even know me, I would expect somebody to speak, especially a black man, to speak up and say something. I don't yes. necessarily need that. But you should never see it. You should never let a woman go disrespected in your presence. I, I think that um, the point that you said about just being open to the black woman's perspective, I think is more than that. Like You just have to be open to being silent and being wrong. That's true. That, I think that's what's most important. I think that I think that it's really helpful um, to leave pride aside or as much of it mm-hmm. as you can and understand that just because you're quiet, it doesn't emasculate you, mm-hmm. you know, being attentive, hopefully, and that you're being an active listener. And so I think that men, I can't speak for men, but I know from my experience being, I pride myself on being an alpha female in a lot of respects. And so that can be intimidating to a lot of people, but it won't emasculate you. That's right. my, sh- and it doesn't take away from your strength. And I, I just think that we, we at this point we just we need silence. We need the floor, and we need to be able to speak from a candid place. And I also think to the point that you said as well mm-hmm. about believing us. Please, when we're when we're speaking, don't keep making us validate our experience. Mm-hmm. We have nothing to keep proving to you. We don't have to go out and do a ton of research. Just take it for what it is. I said what I said. And so I think that that's important. I think that, you know, just listen. I f- too often I feel like I'm having conversations with men where I have to just keep going around a circle and explaining and validating my stance like I'm a child. Like I'm uneducated. Like I don't have experience. Like I haven't been alive for 30 years in a female body. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just think that that's important just to rest in that silence. Cause there's a lot of strength in silence. There's a lot of strength in just listening. There is. <clears throat> and I, and I agree with that because I do think that sometimes that needs to be the first step because I think some men just can't even get beyond that. Like mm-hmm. it has to be this back and forth. But I do think that there's a, and when I say, when I talk about speaking up, when I talk about using your voice, I think of it in the same way that we talk about using the example of diverse boardrooms. Like, if if you see that black women are being excluded, you need to speak up. That is your time to advocate. If you are amongst your homeboys and you know that they are disparaging somebody and that it is not true, you need to speak up. Right. Because now you're talking about my character. You're talking about who I am as a person. Well, a lot of people aren't really moved by character anymore. They a lot really of people aren't. moved by those you, things. Do you see people, who our president is? <laughs> right, exactly. A lot of people um, are just fascinated by the facades of life. Mm-hmm. It's not Instagram, but just... That outward facing appearance, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Instagram because you can try to portray that you know when you go out faces. So I just think that character 
it's something that our generation hopefully can get back to and really have an understanding of, especially during a recession where resources are going to be at an absolute low. So you're going to have to really work on character and relationships and proving who you are over time. It's called integrity. Yep. And then the last thing I will say is um, I challenge black black men to put this into perspective of just just like you feel like you are being gaslit by your white peers. Think of the same conversations that you as a black man are having with white men, white women, whether it be in the workspace, whether it's something that you see on social media, those same frustrations. That's what black women are experiencing when we talk to you and have that conversation about patriarchy. Like, it's that same gaslit experience. So don't gaslight us in the same way that you are being gaslit by white people when it comes to race. We just talking about patriarchy. That's the right. only difference. That's the only difference. Right. And then if once you get into the context, and that's not to say that you have to take it in these steps or levels, but there are layers to this. Just like you said, you have to talk about trans women. Mm-hmm. The LGBTQ plus community, like it just it <laughs> it behooves me the way that things are just dismissed and the dynamics of these conversations. And I thought that that was the last thing that I was going to say, but this is really the last thing that I was going to say <laughs> is if we talk about it. you said what found it <laughs> if we. Use the Jada and August Alcina example. A couple mm. things that stood out to me. I saw a little bit, not a whole lot, because I think who you follow matters. <laughs> but I saw a little bit of the dogging of Jada for cheating. Quote unquote cheating. Because you also have to remember that they said that they were separated. That was between them and their marriage. Will Smith himself said, I was done with your ass. Facts. We were not there. Yeah. So the way people went in about Jada, quote unquote, cheating. The other part, whereas for men, if he were to cheat, if this if this were Will, one, it would have either been brushed under the, under the rug because it should almost be expected Right. Or he would have been getting a pat on the back mm. and just thought nothing of it. The other side of it, the second piece that I really paid attention to was while August was telling the truth, before Jada confirmed, everybody instantly believed what he said. Yeah. Everybody instantly believed what he said. When black women say stuff or when women say stuff, period, we are questioned. Yep. We are doubted. Yep. We are um, somebody else's, the opposite stance is defended. Like, it could, you taking the side of the other person, like, no, he could never, or there was a reason for that, or yada, 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 whatever it may have been. Like I said, it came out that it was true, but people jumped on the wagon quick and believed August Alcina right away. But to be fair in this circumstance, 
they had had pictures and shit around for a few years circulating anyway. So I think that people already knew there was maybe not, they didn't know they were going to get into the weeds of their personal business, but they knew they had some type of relationship. We all know I'm, it was. I'm not buying that because we have seen the same thing with other other celebrities, where it's just like, oh, this came out, oh, that came out. You see a picture of somebody leaving the hotel together, like, oh, what's going on there? Like, it's still alleged at that point. It's still we're suspecting until that shit comes out. True, but they also were rumored to have an open relationship too. So I think people were correlating like. They were out and about, but we all know that Jada and Will do their own thing too. I don't. I, I just don't. I just don't give them that much credit. I don't, and we can agree to disagree. I just don't give people that much credit. Not not in this one because I, I like I could see that perspective. Absolutely, like we we all saw that because there was something that came out last year about him hinting towards it and or to it in one of his songs. Like all of that was there. But that's not to say that it doesn't happen because I do think that men still, I think that women still are questioned more than than men. But I think in this scenario, there were so many things that could have let, could have pushed that narrative before this too. So many things that did push that narrative too. Absolutely. I just think we see that all the time in other situations as well that push mm-hmm. that narrative. It just doesn't get so quickly accepted in the same way. But that's yeah. a, that, and that's just to highlight a difference in just how black or just how women mm-hmm. are are viewed, are viewed and heard across the board, mm-hmm. across the board. So that's that on that. Do you have anything else to add? Because we're going to have an alternate conversation or a flip conversation. Um. No, I don't have much to add about the Jada in August. Oh no, I didn't mean about Jada in August. I meant about protecting black women oh general. no just do that shit like there's nothing else to say about that <laughs> <laughs> at this point there's really nothing else to say about that um i just think it takes i don't know why it always has to take somebody or for something to be closer to home for you to care about it a little bit more but yep. you got a mom you come from a woman everybody come from a woman literally the savior of the world came from a woman so y'all have to figure out what's going on internally and you know what this is my last thing just go to therapy yep just go to therapy pay somebody to listen to your problems don't put it on your woman don't put it on your mama your niece cousin homeboy Go talk to a paid professional um, about what's going on. And if you don't have the money for it, um, there there are lots of other forms of therapy I do think that exists within the black community. Barber shops. I'm not saying it's the best therapy, but go let it out somewhere. Don't hold it in and put it on the women. I'd rather you go and play basketball with your homeboys. Um, I'd rather you... There's so many other things you can do as an outlet, but Stop putting it on black women. This is what I'll say, and I'm speaking for myself. Go to therapy. Absolutely. Yes. If you are my significant other, if you are my brother, if you are my friend, um, and I'm, I'm a limited there because if you're a co-worker, you don't get the same privilege. <laughs> but if you're, if you're any of those people, I'm open to the conversation. I'm not doing the work for you. But I I am open to having the dialogue with those people that are close to me. 
I am. I, it's not something that I feel like I can pass off to um, somebody else. And I just and I do think that there are multiple ways in which it should be addressed. Go get yourself mm-hmm. educated. Go seek therapy. And we can also have the conversation. But if we in conversation like this and we just going to go back and forth, then then no. Like. That's not productive. Yeah, that's not productive. I'm not saying I'm not open, but asking what I'm doing beforehand, I might not have the energy. <laughs> well, I don't mean just hit me up like, look, can we talk about this right now? Like, no. But mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll have a conversation. What... I want to have a conversation with those people in my life. I don't. I wish I didn't have to. I wish I didn't have to either, but <laughs> I want to. <laughs> I'm definitely open to having those conversations. I wish that I didn't have to have these talks with y'all. I really wish that I could use that piece of time in my life for something that serves me um, or something other than that, educating you. Mm-hmm. It For me, it's some, it is something that serves me because if I can, if we can progress and if I can be helpful to that conversation, again, I am not going to be the sole avenue in which you learn I might even depending on who it is I might even have a prerequisite like have you sought therapy (laughs) have you read a book right I just see I'd rather just go talk to black women so (laughs) that's just me that's just me but if you're one of those people come holler at me I'm open to the conversation and then send y'all girls to me that y'all have harmed and I'll I'll love on my sisters and we'll have fun Okay, send them to Kiana. So Kiana brought up a good point as we were talking about, um, which, wow, we spent a decent amount of time on that. Um, What was I going to say? There's a a flip side conversation that we could have to this too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we wanted to... But you know what? I feel like for some reason, I still feel like the conversation is around. We wanted to talk about protecting black men in that same regard, just because there was there was an occurrence on the versus battle between DMX and Snoop Dogg. And DMX went into a moment where he spoke about where he spoke about having um where he spoke about having an experience as a child, you know, with a much older woman. I think she was about 20 years older than him. Mm. Um, but talking about having a sexual experience while he was a minor. And there wasn't, and granted, this versus, everybody was so excited about this versus. Everybody really loved what happened. But there was not a lot of attention brought to the fact that pretty much DMX said that he had been molested. Um, and it just got, it had went unnoticed um, and not even just unnoticed but it just wasn't elevated in the same way that we have some of these conversations um, surrounding any other person who may have been mm-hmm. you know whether that been a child, a teen an elder, a woman uh, any, anything else it just seemed like it was it was so minute so glossed over it, it was, it, and it felt that way. But I also think that, again, because I'm really caught up on this notion that 
I, I do believe that we, we do have to heal and, and be there for black men. But I also feel like there's this energy that if we pour this all into healing black men, then what does happen to these black women that are on the receiving end of all of these things? Because I don't, I don't want to skip over that because I feel like that's important because I think that even with us talking about protecting black men in this instance, and I do think that we should speak up for DMX. Now, I do think that, you know, even based off of what's going on in the media with DMX, I think he was on a few shows about being in therapy yeah. and struggling with drugs and all of this other stuff. And then for him to say that, it's like, bro, we connect them pieces to the puzzle now. We need to sit down and explore right. this further. But in that same regard of the conversation we just had about protecting black women, if we're just pouring all of these resources into educating these black men, who are there to help these black women on the receiving end of the detriment of these black men? Because DMX was also on the show, I think, was it was that was he on the show by himself or was that like a marital show? Was that a couple show when they were doing that? I don't know. I don't know. I say all that to say it's interesting that even at even when we're talking about protecting black men, it still feels like black women are still lowest on a totem pole. Like we still get left out of that conversation even more just to elevate their um, their struggles. Mm-hmm. I have I have a lot of thoughts about this because why? And I, not again. That's not to say that we shouldn't help DMX. I'm just saying that we always are focusing on helping black men. What the hell is happening to these black women who have been in the lives of these black men? So, I have a a few thoughts. Um, Absolutely protect black men because I think it is very interesting. I didn't know about this statement that DMX made until you shared it with me right before we started recording, which kind of blew my mind because I've seen so many things about the versus battle that has not been one of the things that came out. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I even think back to what Boosie said, Lil Boosie said about um, what he did for his nephew, nephew or son. Where he went and got them older women to have them have sex. And I believe they were minors. Not okay. And so we need to incorporate that into the conversation because I do think that they, like we are constantly uplifting when it comes to, and I also think this is what happens too, is such a larger conversation. It is such a larger conversation because there's so many lay- layers to it. But I think what happens too is that it takes for George Floyd to be killed to say protect black men and you know what I mean like in a way like that's what we're saying when we're doing these protests is like stop killing us stop killing black men stop killing black women whatever it may be it takes for these tragic things to happen to feel as if that's when we need to speak up you know what I'm saying and, it, and sure. it's across the board like it, it, it does and in the same breath because we had talked about that before the show started it takes that to say it takes for people to show up 
Exactly. But the fact is, even even though it should not take that, the police that, uh, that killed Breonna Taylor still have not been arrested. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, that's why I say it's such a nuanced conversation because, and I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but you have this piece where, um, I'll be honest, like for myself, I feel... I feel drawn to wanting to do things that are in this space of how do we um, advance better, whatever, support black men, because I do think that there has been this wave of and not to say that supporting black women isn't necessary. I'm a black woman and I want that support like it's very necessary. My point is, I feel like there are a lot of people in that space when we talk about black girl magic trying to do those things to highlight the experiences um, in the good of black women. And I believe that that is taking place because we are dismissed so much. Um, But then when I think about other things where sometimes I'm just like, I feel like we live in a, in a, in a frame where we think that and black men think this of themselves, that they're not also allowed to experience joy. Like, that they're not also allowed to experience love and life and be happy that it always has to be this monolithic aspect of what a black man is supposed to be. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just like, how do we get there too? But to your point, at what expense is that? Because here I am as a black woman that wants to do that. What is it? What expense is that to the black woman and the experience of like, how do you find and create that balance? You know, and I'm and I'm listening to both of us have this conversation, and it's sad because I think that this is the system that was it was the system is working in this conversation, and that we feel like okay, well, who's going to do this for the black woman? Who's going to do this for the black man? And in turn, we're not against each other. We're not supposed to be in conflict conflict with each exactly. other. Exactly. That that is when the system works. But I do think that we are in conflict with each other when we do assume that our responsibilities are towards one another. Where black women are supposed to save black men or when black women are I do think they're supposed to protect black women but not save us. We have to save ourselves. They have to save themselves. And because they have the physical strength and sometimes more strength than us, they can save themselves. Go in and help your brother. For me, to your point, for me, it's the entitlement. So it is it is the thought that we are obligated to. You should want to. Like, and the entitlement around like I know I know you've seen this too, so help me help me with this, but just the entitlement around like an expectation that if you do all this shitty stuff in a relationship oh, yeah. that us staying is then what makes us worthy of you then being good after you put us through shitty stuff. Right. No. Absolutely not. And again, back to the example that I gave about Lovey, like why like why do I have to take the, all this abuse first to prove this is the same shit that we talk be talking about on the race aspect constantly feeling like we have to prove why do I have to endure all of this for you to then deem me worthy and your point about we have to save ourselves that's us needing to know we are worthy regardless 
We are worthy regardless. And it is because I know my worth that I know that I don't have to endure the shittiness in your standard of worthiness. I'm just not doing that. I'm just not doing that because I'm over here having the conversation that as a black man, you are just worthy, period. I don't care if you're homeless. I don't care if you're a CEO. I don't care if you're a drug dealer. I don't like you're worthy, period to me. You're worthy, period. I'm not going to have you over here jumping hoops, trying to just prove your being, just trying to prove your humanity. I'm not doing that. But that's constantly the space that I feel like black women are in. So how do we not be in conflict anymore? Inner work. You said what? It's going to be inner work. It's, it's inner, it is. You're right. That To me, that is the bottom line. That's individual work. Because once you do the individual work, then you can hold people accountable. Then you can have those conversations. You're not about to hold nobody accountable if you out here doing the same shit. You just not, you're not going to give a fuck about what your homeboy's doing because y'all doing them shit together. Exactly. In the world. Everybody get a therapist. <laughs> if you can afford one, because that's another thing. Some people can't. Some people Some cannot. Can't. It's people out here without health insurance talking about everybody get a therapist. Like, it ain't that simple. Right, right. That's why there's so many other outlets and there's so many different types of therapy, you know, and I'm trying to embrace that more too. Like there's music therapy, there's, Mm -hmm. you know, therapy, there's um, vibration. There's so many different types of therapy. Um, There's also Google. Yeah. Google, how do I decrease anxiety? And, And YouTube. You know, or even just finding support groups at work or outside in other virtual communities. Like, there's so many different outlets and so many things that you could. There's not a short list of things you can't sign up for online at this very moment. Mm-hmm. If you have the at this very moment in the year of 2020, there's not a short list. Not. But in the meantime, get your tribe right, too. I think that's yeah. the free. That's the freest resource you can get. Not even, first of all, let me take a backseat. Not even get your tribe right. Get your foundation right. Mm-hmm. Get get to know who you are, what you stand for, what your values are, what your principles are, what your character is. Yep. So that you can actually know what to stand for and what not to and know that nobody has to call your character out. You can, you can self-check or self-regulate yep. yourself because you have something that you have a foundation in. Get a foundation. Believe in something. Stay, stand in something. Shoot. Find something. But don't don't be out here just existing and being swayed by the world and not really understanding what your principles are. You everybody gotta have a code. That's what it's called where I'm from. You gotta have a code. What code are you living by? Pick a code. It could be Morris code. It could be one, two, three. Just pick a code. They live by so that you can stand on something. Because if not, you're talking out the side of your neck. Yep. Now, I wholeheartedly believe that because that is the single most critical thing in my life is knowing that I have a foundation. I know mm-hmm. what my beliefs are. I know what my morals, my ethics are. I know what's important to me. Those are things that you just not going to find me swaying going across the board. It could be in a relationship. It could be um, networking. It could be at work. It could be in business. 
if you operate your business a certain way that does not align with my morals and beliefs, I'm not doing it. Right. Because I'm very aware and very in tune with who I am. And so I agree. I think that's one of the most critical things. I think that's important. You know, you gotta know who you are. If you don't, you'll be out here. And what you stand for. Rub and spit you back out and you ain't gonna know what happened to you because you didn't know what was going on in the first place. But I do want to circle back because I don't want to brush over that larger conversation to your point about um, the example you gave with DMX. Like, when we say protect black men or when we say black men should be protecting black women, it is not with the understanding or without the understanding that black men need protection too. Because these conversations, I, I do feel like they get dismissed. Mm-hmm. They get swept under the rug. And there's this perception that when we say black men need to be protecting black women or whoever, that they have to constantly be strong. Like, I consider myself a strong person, but there are going to be moments where I need somebody else. Mm-hmm. And black oh, men need the same thing. They can be protectors, providers, warriors, all of that, and still need help. Yes. And we have to give them that. I want to help mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this, this, ain't, this ain't just a kick my feet up and be catered to. This is a partnership. Exactly. Will I cater to you? Absolutely. Do I expect that in return? Absolutely. Let me cater to you because baby this is your day. Do anything for mm-hmm. my man. Baby you blow me away. Ooh. Yes. Let's talk this. Yes. <laughs> Love on your man. Yes. It's nothing like first off. It ain't nothing like loving on a good black man. Have you ever fully loved on a good black man? A hundred percent of your love. I'm ready to. Yeah, I've made the mistake of doing it and it felt good one time. Right? If you get it right, man, it it's no better feeling than exuding love to a black man. And it's not even just in a romantic sense. I have so many black men in my life my brothers my my best friends like it feels good to pour into them it feels good to feed into their dreams and to feed into you know the things that they want to do like yeah have no no type of relation like yes i'm not looking for nothing it's just pure pure love just pure love on a black man with nothing asking nothing in return Nothing in return. And this is one of the best feelings in the world, which is why I always encourage women to have male friends because it you need that diversity of perspective and your partner can't be all things to you. They can't. If your partner is not an end-all, be-all. They're just the person you choose to do that part of life with. But there's so many other pieces to your puzzle sis Mm -hmm. so don't shortcut yourself there's so many black men out there that need love and that goes for black men black men learn how to have platonic friendships with black women we're not just objects for y'all to have sex with but also don't think that that's all that we want either like oh I can't talk to her because she gonna want something more no bruh I don't even want you let's be clear 
I just want to say this. If a, if a, I don't know where y'all men get off telling people that just because women are spending time with y'all, they want to be with y'all. If she has not said that to you, if she's not nagging you about that, we're going to let you know what we want. Y'all gonna know up front, but if she's not right here, you not assume that's what that sister wants. She too likes to play games. It's fun out here, but in the meantime, seriously, have some platonic friendships because that is is one of the best ways. You know, for you to practice unconditional love. One yeah. of my pastors said that. She said that, um, and not just in friendships, but, you know, friends turn into family. Yep. And she said that if you want to practice giving unconditional love, start at home with your family first. Yep. And if your friends really do turn into family, then you will start to practice unconditional love with them as well. So I got some friends that I don't always agree with everything that they do, but when I, t- and, and I'm talking about black men and I've been with them every step of the way, not in an enduring type of way, but in a, I love you. I know you better than this. I love you. I see you out here. Like you got this. I love Mm -hmm. you. Um, but I'm gonna hold you accountable to this. The shit that you just did ain't right. Um, I love you. What you need. You need a babysitter. Got you. You so, you need to call me and vent. Got you. Like God. it does not have to be. I think I think sometimes we just overcomplicate things, and it doesn't have to be so complicated. And I think that just goes back to your point about just platonic relationships. It does not have to be all of that. We are capable of having platonic relationships with male and female female and female, male and male, however you identify, those things are possible without it having to be something romantic. We just touched on a lot. We did. I was about to take it to a whole other direction. Oh, shoot. Yeah, for another time. Hmm. But I want to know. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't have anything else on the matter. I think I smell them light in the grill. <laughs> Sis, I want some. I'm getting excited. You know I'm about what? To figure out what I can do to help, like how I need to contribute to earn my spot at this dinner. So, <laughs> that's black people. They're like, just show up. What? Just show up. Don't tell me just show up. Don't tell me just show up. That's love right there. That is. <laughs> You show up, but bring something. Don't. That's what I was gonna say. Even if I'm told just show up, I still have to bring something. Well, let me not lie. It depends because if it's one of my big cousins that's telling me just show up, sometimes I'll just show up. But for the yeah. most part, I'm a, I'm gonna bring a little something. Yeah, yeah. I I, just, I won't will not come empty handed. But it's the gesture that means yes. like. Show up. That means like, oh, you right. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Somebody you don't really, you hesitant about. They be like, can I come? You be like, well, you if you bring the uh, mm-hmm. ketchup, mm-hmm. go. So. And there's levels to it. That's a whole different conversation, but it's levels to it. There's a difference between somebody you ask to bring the ice and somebody you ask to bring the macaroni and cheese. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe we need to have an episode about pulling up to the cookout. <laughs> just, to, just to understand the undertones of what people ask you to bring. Now I'm thinking back to a lot of things that people have asked me to bring to cookout. <laughs> What yes. did you really mean, sis? What yes. did you yes. mean? <laughs> like, so I think we could we could do a little, brief little spot on that. So did you really only want me to bring the wine? You didn't want me to bring anything else? Mm-hmm. I'm probably the wine person, though. I, I think it's aspects to it, because I got a couple examples in my head. I got a couple examples in my head. Now I want to know. All right, I'm gonna quickly, I'm gonna quickly tell y'all. So I think, I think there's a little bit of a difference. So sometimes, to me, bringing ice, asking somebody to bring ice is almost similar to like just show up. So it's like, um, oh. you like you good, but if you really want to bring something, you know, we could always use ice. That type of thing. There's also, to me, some tones of. Like, this just happened to me. I feel like I got the just show up. I was Mm -hmm. asked to bring these couple, you know, uh, minor things, but major things. Mm -hmm. But somebody else was asked to bring uh, something that entailed a little bit more effort. But Mm -hmm. I think theirs was more so because you don't never bring shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You or you always the moocher. Yes, you need to bring A, B, and C. That's listen. People be falling out about people. Listen, my cousin. Okay, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we just went on a rant. We just went on a rant. We did. We did. But listen, it's Jules here. Yes. So, cousin, y'all know how black funerals are. Yeah. You are awesome, gems and black funerals. And so, my cousin, he was leaving. He was like, you know, I came in. I'm just gonna grab my plate and I'm gonna just put it in the car. And my cousin was like, oh, you, you always take your food to go. Yo, that is how you start a fight at a black cookout accusing somebody for taking food to go like just stocking up on the food put it in that car like you come yeah. in getting your to-go plate you oh, can't even sit down and have your first plate first but you know what i will say it though <clears throat> one thing that i did do i did put i did box up my plate but because i just ate by myself and by my, like on my own because of the coronavirus i don't want to say that's different that's different but i think he was just taking the plate home yes. on gp yes because he's went back and sat down and ate I, I wasn't sure I wasn't back there, but I'm pretty, I'm for certain he did. Yeah. And he was in his feelings about it too, that somebody called him out about it. He was pissed. He was, he was like, you know, I just wasn't, I was like, I, I ain't do nothing. I ain't do nothing playing. Do nothing. So yes. That was <laughs> level two. That's it. Okay. Hey. Thank y'all for hanging in here with us. Um, as we talked about protecting each other protecting each other um and then talking about the cookout because <laughs> we just went on a little bit of a rant but y'all know that's how we do sometimes <clears throat> also very indicative of how our phone conversations go that's um, supposed to be quarantined anyway we are going you said what i said y'all supposed to be quarantined anyway where y'all going y'all got time y'all got time um okay so we are going to switch over to brunch spots and tips um, by the look of Kiana's face, <laughs> she might need a minute. I don't think I actually have a brunch spot or chef this week. I'm getting ready to look really quickly. I know I do have um 
Oh, I do have a tip. Okay. But <clears throat> it's okay. I was trying to make sure I got their name correctly or their name correctly, their name correct. You have a, but since we normally start with brunch, you have a bruncher chef? <clears throat> um, yes, I do. So I just found a, I'm trying to, right. So I just found a chef on Instagram. Her name is Keanu and she can be found at, at K-I-A-N-O-M-O-J-U. She is an... Wait a second. Sorry, my phone just went out. Um, She writes recipes and she makes cooking videos on Instagram. So check her page out. She has lots of fun food there. We'll post about her. I really like her content. Um, She does lots of breakfast things too. So I love seeing, you know, black girls cooking because you can just, you just know that the flavors are going to be there. You just trust it by the melanin. The more melanin, the more, the more flavor. So, yeah. And that's my chef for the week. What about you? No chef? Yeah, I don't think I have a chef. I was trying to go through my, like my little saved posts and make sure. Um, Yeah, no chef for me this week. I'm going to be sorry because I feel like I'm going to remember who it is right after this um but i do have a tip so i have so many tips that i want to give so i'm gonna just i'm gonna just go first tip i want to give is to um a few of the nba stars that have during their press conferences dedicating that time to um making sure that brianna taylor's name is not only heard but calling for the arrest of um her murderers Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and not in a way of just saying arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor, but calling out uh, Daniel J. Uh, Cameron, who I believe is the attorney general for Kentucky, um, and saying that he needs to get on his job um, while he's been over here lollygagging, having cookouts and engagement parties of his own, and also having uh, protesters arrested. Um, he needs to get on his job and arrest the the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. So shout out to those NBA stars that have been doing that and dedicating that time, I mean, to the point where they are asked a question and they're like, this is my response. They're asked another question like, this is the only response that you guys are going to get. <laughs> so that's that. So that's my first tip. Um, my second tip goes to uh there is a student i'm trying to find his name um malone mcquinde uh he's creating a medical book for dark-skinned people like himself um because he's in medical school and could not find how symptoms look on darker skinned people wow so uh he's getting a hundred percent tip and he's having this book published. I don't have the details yet of like when it will be published or anything like that. But um, again, we're in spaces where, you know, we're creating the space where we need to be shown. Where folks need to show up for us and we need to be seen. Like having those conversations around, oh, if the skin turns purple or if the skin turns red as a dark skinned person, that's not going to happen. Right. Exactly. And that's very important in the, in the medical field. How do our needs get addressed? And it's, 
not only it's more than important it's critical yeah. it's our life so yeah. those are those are the two tips that I'm gonna go with okay um this tip is going to go to late representative John Lewis I'm gonna give him 100% actually if I can give him more yeah just I'm throwing another 100 on there um but I just wanted to give him a tip just because just you know being alive for my 30 years and knowing that he's been alive and doing the work far longer than I've been alive um to be able to witness you know some of his work in my lifetime has been a great honor, you know, to mm-hmm. share space with him on this planet. And so I just want to give him a hundred percent tip for just always being a real one for always showing up on our behalf for dedicating his career, his time, his, his energy, his lifetime, yeah, his lifetime to the betterment of our community. And for truly just up until the very end, like it's just so honorable and it's so, you can't do anything but to show love and respect. And so I just want to give him the biggest salute and much love to his prayers and condolences to his family. Um, because that he really truly earned his, his spot in heaven. He earned, you know, everything that's happening down here now because of him and the changes that have been made. It's just been such it's, it's a hard transition, but yet it's a beautiful transition because you know that it's it's pretty trash and all earth right now. So yep. if he got upgraded, man, he deserves it. He definitely deserves it. I confidently know that when he got to the pearly gates, God said to him, well done. What's up? Well done, my child. Mm-hmm. Well done. Because when I say not, he dedicated his life, I don't just mean like his lifetime. I mean... He put his being at risk several times over mm-hmm. his career and his lifespan for the work of advancing a better life for us. Mm-hmm. So he gets all the tips. He gets all the coins. Yeah. All right, folks. You got another one? No, girl. I'm at. I'm. I reached my max. Yes. All right, go ahead and hit them with the socials. So, if you're looking, well, if you're listening to us, thank you. We love you. You made it to the end. I know exactly what you're going to say. Um, I can still do it. I can still do it. <laughs> um, we, uh, if you're listening to us, you can find us on Apple. Um, oh goodness, Courtney, let me just start over. If you're listening to us, you can find us on apple itunes bitches love brunch spotify soundcloud google play all of those things if you're looking to follow us on our social medias we have an instagram it's called bitches double underscore love double underscore brunch we have a facebook page called bitches love brunch follow us rate us comment like review and we have some announcements <laughs> that I think we're going to add to the end of the show. Yes. So, um, the announcement that we're going to share, and we're going to give details later. Um, so stay tuned. But after, I'm trying to think of when this episode is dropping. So, as of this episode, I will only, I being Courtney, will only have a few episodes left on Bitches Love Brunch. I'm no longer going to be a part of the podcast. Um, but a forever friend. But a forever friend. So for all the folks that are going to start to ask, like, what happened? What's going on? Nothing. Um, <laughs> so just 
squash that now. This was a decision that I made. I told Kiana. Um, there are just other things that, while I have thoroughly enjoyed this experience, um, and I'm definitely going to miss it, um, this is around that time. And I think we talked about this on an episode around pivoting and transitioning. And so it's time for me to pivot. Um, I think I've shared on the show before that I ended my business. I removed myself from a couple of boards. So I'm just repositioning myself to do some things and focus on some things that you guys will hear about in the near future. Um, so yeah, I wanted to share that with you all before before my actual last episode, but we'll let you know when that's happening. Um, and just look forward to new things coming from the both of us. We're both yeah. really excited like with how we're transitioning in this type of space and our creative spaces. And um, I know especially for me in um, my community space as well. And so that's, that's, where, that's where I want to be giving my time and energy to. So... Thank y'all for rocking with me for two, three, three years. Yes. It has been, it has been so much fun. Hopefully y'all have listened long enough to hear the end of the episode, (laughs) but don't worry. We'll tell you again and I'll bring it up on the beginning of the next episode. (laughs) So. Back, so we're going to make sure you get it. But yes, yes, more news to come. We're going to start Courtney, but on, onward and upward, as we always say. Yes. So that's it for real this time. We'll catch y'all in a couple weeks. Hope you've enjoyed episode 68 and we'll talk to y'all soon. Bye.